Ila, thank you for coming in. You have such a marvelous uh, background in venture capital as a Kauffman Fellow <laughs> within the uh, life sciences industry as well. Uh, just a tremendous history of success and your insights are going to be so valuable to our audience. Really, thank you, Stephen, for, for having me. I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to our chat. So, again, thank you for coming in. You, you bring so much experience uh, to our audience, and we want to mine some of that experience. Well, that's very generous. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the opportunity to speak with your audience today and let them know a little bit about what BDC does for the Canadian Venture Capital Asset Class, because a lot of our activity is out there and out front and highly visible, but there's a lot of stuff that is going on behind the scenes as well. Yeah, and, it, and Canada is ranked amongst the top in the world in terms of investment in venture capital and so on. So. It's good to get some of that vision out there in, in the marketplace of just how uh, much leadership is exhibited by uh, the Canadian government and in the country itself. Now, uh, my audience actually is primarily CEOs and people like that, mm -hmm. very executive centric, though we do get scientists and so on as, as well. And a question that my audience always is curious about, you have this marvelous background, so it's got to be two or three inflection points that made this wonderful career that you have. And it could have been when you were three or or five, something when you were really young, or, or when you're in school, or it could have been a mentor or a series of mentors, and maybe even some of the career inflection points. So it's interesting because um, I always wanted to be a doctor. So going through school i had the luxury of never having to think about what i wanted to take it was always with that direction and in university um taking chemistry which for some reason appealed to me uh, even though i wasn't particularly good at it um i then decided wow this stuff is really fascinating and the notion of how molecules not only are how they're derived but how they work in the body was what ultimately fascinated me so i ended up doing a master's in pharmacology <clears throat> when the, the 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 chemistry of coding to morphine to heroin was was something that just completely um mesmerized me as a chemist but also as someone who was interested in the field of medicine because your body takes codeine and makes it into morphine and makes it into heroin and you can do that in the lab and the consequences of a hydrogen becoming a methyl group becoming an ethyl group and the impact it could have physiologically was was something that you know kept me up at night and so um i i decided that was going to be the path forward and after a you know nearly 20 years in uh, clinical and regulatory affairs and drug development, I was offered this opportunity at BDC to, to make investments in startup healthcare companies in the, uh, uh, you know, early stages where the innovation was coming out of, um, in this case, particularly Quebec universities. So had you told me I'd be, I'd be working for a bank, even, you know, three days before I ever met with the folks at PDC, I would have thought you were not um, <clears throat> very familiar with my passions. But nonetheless, it all turned out to be really part of the same story. How can we work with the 
incredible entrepreneurs and innovators in the Canadian ecosystem to help them um, further develop their products into commercializable uh, um, and, and impactful products for Canadian patients. It all made sense once I knew that world existed. So I, I can see this arc then, right? You, you get a bachelor of science degree, uh, degree in chemistry from, uh, I, I think it's Western University. It was Western, yeah. And then you get a master of science and pharmacology from uh, University of Toronto. And University of Toronto, by the way, to the audience, is considered one of the top universities actually in the world uh, in many respects and, and definitely uh, the top in Canada. I noticed you got an MBA also as well, right? <laughs> So how did that happen, right? Because I was managing these big budgets doing drug development and clinical trial development. And I had this champion boss who sat me down one day and he said, you know, you're managing PhDs, you're managing MDs, you're managing all of these people who are who, who in the field of science have more education than you. And in many cases, they were men. And, um, you know, here I was this this relatively young woman in an executive position managing um, a lot of people who were way smarter than me. And he said, go get your MBA because that'll differentiate you and it'll define you better as a manager as opposed to the person who's actually, you know, responsible for the science. You can always talk with them because it's about science, but it's about development. And there is a difference. And you need to be able to have the credibility to speak to people smarter than you who are being told to do things a little bit differently. Because the, what you integrate into your decisions going forward is not driven by the research elements, but it's driven by the development elements. Right. And then an MBA would get you into more like the translational aspect and to the audience, translational innovation is where you take it from research into something that's useful. Exactly. Exactly. And, and then I can see then that tying into, you know, your uh, shift into uh, BDC. So if you can maybe give a little bit of history of BDC from 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 your viewpoint, and then you mentioned that uh uh, they have a variety of roles. And one of the things you did is you came in to uh, BDC as a partner at Health Venture Fund. Uh, you invested in promising healthcare and life sciences companies. So well, so there was a decision, I guess, in the country to sort of move in this direction. Right. So so the BDC um, is, a, is a huge organization. It, it really is about the business development bank for entrepreneurs across the country and across all types of businesses. I mean, Canada is primarily small and medium uh, sized businesses. And it was first uh, developed as a um, or first established uh, in in the 1940s to really provide financing vehicles and um, to to entrepreneurs who were not you know, necessarily meeting the requirements of typical banking uh, systems, which are very conservative in Canada. So the BDC, you know, um, was out in the rural rural communities, was out supporting um, mom and pop businesses and, and far less the corporate side of Canada and much more focused on small and medium entrepreneurs. And of course, um, our mandate as a business development bank is to always look and see where are the gaps in the market. Where do Canadian entrepreneurs need support? And um, we are, 
you know, we have one shareholder, we're Crown Corporation. Uh, we report into the Minister of Finance and Minister of, um, I said, as well, um, responsible for small businesses in, in, in the country. And as a consequence, we are um, running the operation to uh, provide these services, but it's not about grants and it's not about uh, subsidies. It's about making good business decisions and running good business. Uh, we return capital back to the shareholder, the government of Canada. So we do make money. We are, you know, um, uh, successful as a business in the support of the entrepreneurs. And, and what struck me when I first joined BDC, what struck me was um, shortly after I joined, or at least, at least it seemed so, we, the world entered into a global economic crisis. And you saw how governments reacted around the world. You know, the US were giving, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to single companies, you know, to bail out the auto industry or to bail out certain types of sectors. Whereas the Canadian government said to BDC, go do more. Keep doing what you're doing, but do more of it because our, our entrepreneurs need it. And we did. I think that year, 2011, if, and we could certainly verify it with the Canadian, uh, with the BDC annual reports, we actually put out like 50% more in terms of financings and loans and we still make money so so it's a very effective tool to have um bankers and 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 venture capitalists work with a a, a cohesive direction to support canadian entrepreneurs so it's not about profitability at any cost it's about profitability in a good right and sustainable way so that you can continue to be a strong and robust economy in Canada. And I, I just, that mandate just makes so much sense to me as an individual. The values of working it with a team of people who are looking to do good and do well at the same time. Because I work globally across so many different communities, CEOs, investors, and so on, uh, I see the shift in thinking from a return in investments to a return of value. So which is much broader to a much broader uh, stakeholder base. Uh, is that what you're doing in a return of value, which is which is more than just return financial returns? So I, I think so. I mean, obviously, performance is important. And if we just talk about the venture capital side of the business, which which is where I focus my efforts, in order to be a robust venture capital asset class, you have to provide you know returns to you and your investors. What is really interesting about the approach BDC takes is there's a long horizon. It's not about the immediate return. It's about the 10 year cycle because venture is, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, and in, in healthcare, 12 years before you start to see um, the return on your investment. So you do have to have a patient view, a long term view, and it's not a it, it, it really is about an ecosystem that is successful and performant because you might be a really great fund and a really terrific investor, but if those around you aren't also doing well, it's hard to attract capital. It's hard to continue to support 
your local geography. And, and that is our job to make sure that the Canadian um, knowledge, innovation, creation is, first of all, visible, and second of all, supported and able to be to reach the potential. And it's a long haul. I mean, if you look at the, 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 the healthcare industry specifically, Canada in the 1990s, when I was working in the healthcare sector, had very little new product development. All of the um, uh, industry, you know, the, the, the global industry that, that were situated in Canada, it was about sales and marketing, sales and marketing, sales and marketing, and we're not a big um, population. But with a change in our um, patent laws, we, the government got the, uh, the Mercks and the Pfizers of the world to set up R&D shops in Canada. And that started the innovation of drug development in the Canadian industry. So it's really 30 years old. It's not, it's not much more than that. And to create deep talent and, a, and a, 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 a wide pool of talent, you need time. You don't get serial entrepreneurs in one cycle. You get serial entrepreneurs in multiple cycles who can then develop and, and train and, apprent and, and find apprentices in that capacity. So we're still very new in here and it requires a different type of capital, venture capital. So what kind of programs do you have then for entrepreneurs in Canada? I mean, are you, do you invest in, I know you invest in small and medium-sized businesses, but from, from an entrepreneurship standpoint, uh, you invest in private equity or you invest in uh, venture capital? Do you invest in fund of funds? Overall, within that community, within BDC, do you do direct investments? Do you do, you do some of those or all of those or and how? Sure. Yes, <laughs> we do many different things for many different entrepreneurs. Uh, um, so, so BDC has traditional finance financial tools to support businesses and entrepreneurs, and and those that have revenues and that are learning to, you know, are trying to grow or expand their businesses. Um, there are local BDC offices all across the country, and I would encourage entrepreneurs listening to this to 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 take a look at our very exhaustive website of services. Um, we have advisory services, we have fi financial vehicles, we also have uh, growth and transition. So if there is a a, a a a family that's learning to that's that's um, trying to acquire another business, come and see BDC. What I do is on the venture capital side, which is a very different set of, you know, rules and criteria. And it's not that obvious to have venture capital within a bank because banking has its own set of criteria and risks and 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 um, um, assessments that that need to be uh, respected. But venture capital, what we do is we really are very present in that asset class from early stage seed investing to um, the later stage PE investing. And we do uh, have a number of different funds within our organization that are very sector specific. Each fund has an investment scope and mandate and its own capital. We have a group that has uh, recently <clears throat> um, received uh, capital for a 
fo for focusing on women in technology, so supporting female entrepreneurs, female founders, female businesses with a number of different uh, vehicles, including early stage seed investing, but later stage um, support as well. We have um, the programs I'm responsible for are those that are specifically mandated by the government to really provide a robust catalytic support for the for the asset class. Uh, right now, there are um, over uh, $1.5 billion under, under um, our direction that is designed to attract and crowd in private sector capital because the government recognized with the first of these programs in 2011 that to have an autonomous, sustainable venture capital asset class, it cannot be supported by government ad infinitum. You need the private sector to engage. And so what they, uh, what was designed with, with the BDC support was a um, program that provides incentive to attract the, the private sector in, in increasing private sector leveraging ratios to the government capital. The downside is protected for those who are investing in the funds of funds. So really the top of the capital chain, funds of funds, every government dollar that goes in is matched in the most recent program with $3 of private sector capital. That private sector capital will be uh, stand senior to the government capital in 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 uh, receiving uh, distributions, and so there is a a, a significant um, uh, protection of the downside and helps attract that capital into the asset class. We are now on the third such program, with um, each iteration having reduced incentives because eventually the government says, okay, if the private sector can handle this, we don't need to be there anymore and we'll focus our efforts and energies elsewhere. So I'm very pleased to show, to share that the performance is encouraging. The asset class is substantially more robust in Canada today. Uh, last year, I believe $15 billion was invested in the venture capital asset class in the country. When this pro these programs were first started, we were at $2 billion. So I don't know that it's all attributable to the uh, government programs, but certainly they had the um, desired impact, which was show some support, have catalytic capital come in, and attract the, um, the private sector with incentives. Now the audience, uh, a portion of the audience may not understand what a fund of funds is and the, versus uh, venture capital and what's private equity and what's uh, direct investment. And, you know, sp uh, special purpose vehicles for direct investments perhaps. But So can you give maybe a, a, a sort of a simple definition of each? I mean, like what is a fund a fund? Thank you for that. I think, um, you know, I get caught up in the language a lot working in it uh, as, as closely as we do. A fund of fund is a, um, a partnership that has capital contributed where they then invest in fund managers. And fund managers then subsequently in, take their capital, syndicate with other fund managers to invest in companies. 
So there's, there is a trickle, um, a pyramid effect, if you will, that every dollar that goes into a fund of fund gets leveraged with other capital to create a large fund of fund. In the case of the uh, Vicky managers, these funds are anywhere from 300, close to 300 to $400 million. They then take an allocation of capital and syndicate with other managers to create funds. Funds can vary in size from, you know, $10 million to a billion dollars. So it, it depends on what the fund scope and mandate is, how large the fund needs to be, should be, and is optimally sized for. Once you have capital in a fund, that fund manager then is the one who deals with the entrepreneur and supports venture-backed businesses with their investments. That is typically done in the venture capital asset class in a syndicate. So nobody has control of the company. There's no single group that typically controls the company or the business, but that multiple investors come in, uh, support a, 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 a company through either their initial stages of development or through the various stages of businesses, right through to commercialization or growth. <clears throat> what happens in uh, venture capital, usually you're looking for accelerated growth. So every dollar that goes into the company is creating X dollars of value. And when a venture capitalist goes in, there is a relatively high risk. These companies often have no sales yet or are just starting to sell. So some of them may, in particularly in life sciences, may not even yet have a defined product. They may have a technology that needs to be developed further. So high risk, high reward is the expectation. So every dollar you put in as a VC, you're expecting three, four, five, ten dollars back. Okay, so let, let, let me see if I understand what you're saying then. Um, and I'm going to take it from sort of the other point of view. I, I, let's say I'm a startup and I've got this amazing machine uh, AI tech or something. Mm. Like that. And it's more than an idea. I've actually built some kind of prototype and I've got some validation where people are saying, yes, I'm willing to pay for this thing. But I need more capital because I want to grow my team and so on. So... I'll go to a fund manager and a venture capitalist, the VC is a fund manager, and I'll I'll do a pitch to that fund manager, that venture capitalist, and say, hey, I need X number of dollars, and I have to give up part of my company for that. And providing I'm successful, that fund manager, that venture capitalist will then invest uh, into my uh, company, but I'll have many potential venture capitalists and even private investors, uh, maybe uh, angel investors may go in as well. Now, what happens is, is as my company matures um, and I now have real revenue on a on an annual basis, then, then the capital that I may wish to uh, raise may be in the tens of millions. And then I may go to a, a more sort of a higher level uh, kind of venture capitalist known as a private equity person or private right. and and they'll give me capital to grow my company 
And, and so that kind of journey will continue. And in that, there could be institutional investors like banks and potentially even a pension fund, perhaps, if, if, right. if I'm mature enough. And the government in Canada can go in and all of those, the direct investment, you can act as a venture capitalist, you can act as a, a, a private equity uh, group as well and investing in me. You can help me in, in doing a, a merger acquisition where somebody acquires me, maybe doing some of the introductions. Now you mentioned also a fund of funds and the fund of funds is sort of like this this fund that then disperses through other funds and that could be to other venture capitalists or private equity groups and so on. So your fund that feeds and services other funds. So you're servicing other fund managers. Did I get that right, sort of? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, maybe I can just um, uh, clarify a couple of points. Uh, the BDC is a crown corporation and has the government of Canada as the shareholder. That's true. But it's not the government that's making these investments. It is BDC. And BDC, as you move further down that chain, of of maturity of a company, the BDC is very much aligned with the market. It is not about being. It's not about initiatives or mandates or or, or government money. It's about adding to the ecosystem uh, where, as as a country, we need more capital, and and as an asset class in venture, particularly. We need um, uh, leadership because it's still a, a fa fairly strong, uh, small and still maturing asset class. Where the government gets involved is in the work that I do, where we are given mandates that are very specific. And we are told this is the ecosystem that, or the market gap that you need to go out and address and fill. In, in this in this particular way, my colleagues at BDC, if you're a company and you approach them or approached me when I used to do healthcare investing, I would um, evaluate the venture capital opportunity very much like my other colleagues. They evaluate very much like other investors because we don't do it alone. We need to make sure that the company will attract the capital necessary to, to continue their journey. BDC cannot do that alone. And so as a, a venture capital investor, I might be more prepared to work with you a little bit earlier and help you, you know, develop your pitch and, you know, cut, cut away and focus on, on, on what you need to do to help get us a syndicate. If you're looking for venture capital, you may need you know, $3 million the first time you go to fundraise. And then the next time you might need $10 million. And the subsequent time you might need $30 million. And presumably each time you go out to raise more capital, you are also creating value in your company. So a $3 million check might offer more substantial dilution. But by the time you get to the $30 million check, your company might be worth 200. And so your dilution is already diminished. The, uh, the, the, the taking on outside capital uh, has, has a reduced dilution impact on you. So each step in each stage 
of finding capital has different people, different, different investors who like to be at those stages, who have certain expectations, but the journey is mapped along a very traditional venture capital slope, which is put in some money, create value in excess of that capital that's been put in. So then you can go get more money and add, add, add a better value and create even more exponential value each time around. Ultimately, at the end, the venture capital investor wants to take their capital out with a multiple. And they need to buy into that vision. As an entrepreneur, you need to have that vision when you go and speak to a VC. You need to be able to capture their imagination so they see that journey that you're about to embark on and want to be part of it. You know, that's an interesting uh, perspective and because you do it. You're really actively involved in all of these different stages. You can see... Uh, how companies grow in value and how that seed capital or venture capital or private equity capital syndicated across other partners or other investors uh, grows that company. And you can see ones that don't succeed as well. And um, I, I work with a lot of academic communities and, and I sometimes get, or I talk to scientists and they say, I have this great idea in the lab, it's working. And I feel that I need uh, $20 million and I'm going to give you just a small chunk of this company. So it ends up that company is valued at $200 million or something like that. Right. What? Is that realistic or is that unrealistic? So, you know, it's really interesting, Stephen. Uh, the point you raise is one that we struggle with when we when we speak with entrepreneurs who have not yet had this experience because um, it's not what you feel it's valued at. It's what the market says it's valued at that has to be taken into consideration. And I don't like the analogy of the real estate market just because it's so different. But you can, you might feel that your 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 home is 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 worth a you know a million dollars. In the old days that was a big number. But you know, the market's selling houses around you for $300,000. You can't possibly expect a million dollars. So why, as an entrepreneur, do you think that even though this is has huge potential value for you and what you believe it to, 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 to be worth, you need to validate it. You need to benchmark it. You need to understand what the market, you know, what value the market sees it as. What's key is to be realistic and if you're not, then the VCs will make sure that you are before they write a check, but also the potential, right? So in the healthcare world, it's remarkable that you can have a preclinical product with zero sales, in fact, maybe even zero clinical data that's worth $500 million. But you can also have a healthcare product that's in the clinic that's, that's actually being sold that's also worth $500 million. So what, how do you figure that out? Well, it's about the potential. It's about the market size. It's about, you know, the desirability of the uh, potential competitors to acquire you or what the uh, IPO market might say about your product and, and, its, and its potential. So the data is out there. You just have to find it. And uh, entrepreneurs who 
who have never spoken to VDC, to venture capitalists are probably best served by VDC because we understand that. We understand there's a, possibly an education and, and it's not a single kick at the can. Whereas sometimes in the VC world, you get one shot to, to, to convince a, a, a manager, a fund manager, that your product is um, worthy of their attention. We tend to be a little bit more patient at BDC. So what I'm hearing, Ella, then is if I'm an entrepreneur, I can go to BDC and say, hey, help. Can you help me sort of toss some ideas of where I am in this journey? Am I being realistic? And no, that, I think I think you're sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I, 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 I feel very strongly about our role in doing that. Yes. And to engage them, they can just go into Bing or Google, type in BDC and uh, Canada, so it doesn't get confused with some other sort of entity out there. And then they could just drill down into the menu system to get the appropriate service. And if you're in that a local correct. city, you'll probably have some local office that you can engage with uh, some of your officers and just have a discussion, right? And there's no risk. Correct. Correct. And and that is where we are really uh, at the service of 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 the entrepreneurs in 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 Canada because we recognize that there is a new generation of entrepreneurs and there's not always um, strong mentorship or, or, or role models already out there. And one of the programs that I'm involved in is about bringing more people into that tent of venture capital, trying to find a way to attract, um, you know, underrepresented groups and peoples to appreciate that they're there is this infrastructure and there is there, there are these financial solutions out there for them that they may not even be aware of. Now, you talked earlier that you're part of this incentivized program of trying to further develop the capital markets in Canada to incentivize them, uh, especially private uh, capital sources to get involved and take these incentives to do that. Can, can you talk about how you see that evolution of developing the ecosystem within the country and where you see it going. And then for uh, investors, what are some of the services you offer for venture capitalists? What are some of the uh, services you offer? So some of the fund managers, what are some of the services you offer and so on? And I know you got, I think something called the GP Academy, right? So maybe you can get into that. I know you're a big supporter of the Kaufman Fellows. I believe you're a Kaufman Fellow, so you can describe that journey. And what are these different sort of maturity points to further develop uh, the Canadian ecosystem? And then it's a kind of a compound series of, series of thoughts. What are the, some of the things you look at when, when you start uh, doing these incentive programs where you're going to... Uh, try to support venture capitalists or fund-to-fund -fund managers or private equity managers, fund managers out there. Uh, what are some of the uh, characteristics you want to see they have that will help the entire ecosystem and also maybe address some of the broader issues that the Canadian ecosystem should be aware of? And I think you mentioned earlier women maybe having a higher sort of uh, uh, representation of women, but what are maybe some of the other points that uh, you want to see in there? So that is a lot to unpack. I'll try to I'll try to provide some uh, insight into 
a few of the areas that you've just asked about. Um, so the incentivized programs, actually they themselves are not all um, the same. The, the funds of funds that we spoke about has the bulk of the capital and those are really about uh, fund of fund managers selecting funds for investments that meet their requirements and criteria. What the government has asked them to do is focus on the Canadian market, there are certain thresholds, to focus on uh, the support of uh, diversity, equity and inclusion, to measure the um, involvement of, of women and uh, underrepresented racialized communities in the ecosystem, because if you want to improve something, you need to know what you're talking about. You need to measure it first. And so we do that. But the decisions for investments are market-driven decisions. And that part of the business has to be the one that's leading edge that can show performance and returns so that the pension funds not just come in because there's an incentive, but ultimately come in because of performance and that the banks don't just come in because of incentives and downside protection, but ultimately come in because of performance. That's the only way you're going to have a sustainable venture capital asset class that 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 uh, asset allocation managers want to go into venture capital because of performance. And so the government has now for the third time provided capital to four independent fund of fund managers, each one with a slightly different focus and, and a different portfolio for them to continue to invest in Canada and bring capital into the country. <clears throat> the program is actually bringing in uh, probably $4 billion of capital that's, it, that's, that's now accessible to Canadian fund managers, right? So, so this is pretty substantial. Those, then, those fund managers then make their fund investment decisions to show performance and then the fund managers invest in companies and each one has their own tolerance for risk, their own tolerance for new and emerging, their own tolerances for repeatability and, and, and uh, you know, a differentiation. And that's how you create more mature uh, venture capital ecosystem. And we see that. We see fund managers that five years ago had no place in our capital continuum in Canada, but today are sitting, you know, uh, on the interface of venture capital and P, or sitting on the interface of seed and Series A, and can and and have a, a larger fund to continue to invest in their chosen companies. So that's where the bulk of the capital from the incentivized programs come from. We also have uh, 50 million dollars that's focused on scaling clean tech companies. That's coming from uh, the 2017 program and we have 50 million dollars on the most recent program that's focused on life sciences. The uh, six recipients of that capital were announced just a couple of weeks ago and if you take a look at that those who are familiar with the life sciences landscape in Canada can see that there's the more established firms, there's new emerging managers and there's new emerging technology focused sectors such as healthcare IT. So, so, so there's support across that continuum in life sciences. Each of the two most recent Vicky programs also have $50 million that is attributed to, in the 2017 version, 
new types of VC models. So there's studio models, there's, um, there's, there's startup uh, studios, there is um, uh, support for uh, a fund in, in Atlantic Canada, there is support for a, a fund that's sitting, you know, closely tied to the Communitech world at, in Kitchener-Waterloo, um, and, and, and a variety of different approaches so that the new and emerging models can develop with government capital a little bit more rapidly and then ultimately be in a position to attract the private sector fund of fund managers who have, you know, different criteria. So government capital can really um, mitigate some of the risk going forward. In the most recent program, we have $50 million that's being attributed to new and inclusive growth. So those fund managers that are either highlighting um, diverse management teams or highlighting diverse um, entrepreneurs with their investments, those are those we know in the Canadian market have struggled to find access to capital. And so with this program, we're hoping to help elevate their vis visibility and be able to attract more capital. So it's multi-pronged. Our focus is really at the capital layer, the capital continuum, the strong, robust funds of funds, the emerging managers in specific sectors. The um, support goes beyond just writing the checks. You mentioned GP Academy. We have a program that we do in collaboration with the Coffin Fellows where we've taken leaders in the Canadian VC industry and, um, and provided them with a module-based cohort structured education series of, 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 of um, educational programs that focus on things like, um, let me think, um, how do you, you know, how do you start a fund? How do you create um, um, a succession within a fund? How can we help managers have experiences beyond their own so it accelerates their learning? A fund manager will review maybe 100 deals a year and do two or three or five. But if you can learn from your colleagues in a very safe and candid environment, what they did with their hundreds and tr trickled down to five, or their hundred and trickled down to five, that kind of accelerated, accelerated learning just helps lift the entire uh, ecosystem in a more, into a more mature level. Um, how do you scale your fund? How do you help your companies drive to exit? What kind of talent, talent do you need? And we know that the fund managers who went through this have worked together on things they never would have worked together before. They have removed the notion of being competitors to be more collaborators, to understanding that for them to be successful, we all need to be successful. And, and you need to get back to the Canadian ecosystem and help everybody become um, more performant. Everyone's going to be differentiated. Now, now you need the confidence that that's, that differentiation is going to be enough uh, for when you go out to fundraise. And in the meantime, you can work with your peers to, for the benefit of Canada. 
um, I would direct you to our GP Academy uh, page on YouTube where where these fund managers talk about the strength of, of a Canadian delegation going to Boston or San Francisco and how 10 Canadian leading fund managers are much more impactful than one. You know, that's really fascinating. It's such a valuable resource. So the audience uh, can go to these uh, different sort of programs that you mentioned. Yep. Uh, you mentioned, uh, and I'll get back to Coffin Fellow because I, I want you to describe that program because you're a Coffin Fellow, but you mentioned Vicky as well. What is Vicky? People may not know. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so just, the, uh, you know, Vicky, yeah. Um, so VCCI, it stands for Venture Capital Catalyst Initiative. Uh, there was a 2017 program and one that we launched uh, uh, recently um, with a uh, call for applications in 2020, I have to double check that because we did have, you know, a couple of starts and stops with with COVID and 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 uh, Canada's elections. So that's Vicky, what we affectionately term Vicky. We also had VCAP, which was the Venture Capital Action Plan, started under the Conservative government. So essentially, three pro three programs somewhat different uh, nomenclature, but both conservative and liberal governments have committed to support of the uh, innovation ecosystem through venture capital for the Canadian entrepreneurs. No, because it's it's a Western government uh, program um, through this um, business development bank, and which is which is affiliated uh, with the government, but really it's like its own separate corn corporation entity. Are you transparent in what the requirements are when you do these fun things? Can people take a look? Maybe it acts like a template where people can use that to prepare themselves because maybe it reflects best, or it, you would think it would refl uh, reflect best practices and the kinds of things and the point allocations that are made. Can you talk a little bit about that or is it available? But can people find that? Yeah. So, so, so the process, uh, you know, attempts to be highly transparent. I mean, there may be things that that um, are not um, evident, but we would certainly um, encourage questions to be asked and, and, and the answers are often published. So we do try to, to reach a high level of transparency. The criteria are very um, uh, um, clearly illustrated and described. What is being evaluated is um, is up for um, uh, your your anyone's um, anyone to be aware. It's not the same as when BDC does an investment, right? The BDC investment criteria mirror market uh, requirements more clearly, but we do try to be transparent nonetheless about that. In the in the VCAP and Vicky programs, the criteria are clear. Uh, the most recent, you know, it'll say we we require you to do X Y. And we ask you to commit to doing those before we would even consider your eligibility. We also tell you we are looking at things like your approach to uh, divest, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We are looking to see um, uh, what your investment scope is and how it's going to further support the goals of the program that have been described. And, and as I mentioned, the inclusive growth stream, you don't have to be 
a an established firm to apply for this. You could be a firm that is looking to raise capital for the first time with this type of talent, with this process, with this mandate, and that's going to be fully evaluated. We do try to give feedback if you are not selected to show you what might need to be done to get you to a point where even uh, um, the Vicky program, um, you may not even be ready for the program, frankly. So, 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 so we do try to be supportive and, and inclusive. And one of the things that I, I, I feel was successful is we did see in the applicants uh, folks that were not known to be yet in the venture capital industry. So hopefully the reach and the word is out there. And I would encourage people to, to look at that. It's on the ISED uh, government website. So when you say I said that's I S E D, um, so people can uh, use their browser to search for. Uh, Correct. In fact, I said works. It, it's a, it's a very recognizable um, um, <clears throat> uh, ac acronym uh, for government in yeah. Canada. And they can also search for um, the VCCI and maybe VCCI2 or the renewed VCCI. Or renewed, Vicky, yes. So venture capital, I mean, if, if anyone were to Google, I said Vicky, VCCI Canada, you would be directed to the ICED website, which is, again, maybe just, just for clarity, ICED is um, Innovation, Science and Economic Development. Canada. Okay, and then um, so that gives people sort of pointers and including this um, uh, document that's published that gives sort of the parameters that uh, are looked for when people apply to get some kind of funding uh, to be as an applicant. Uh, and then there has to be some process. And then out of, let's say, X number of applicants, some will go through this process and some will actually get some kind of allocation potentially. And then this gets published uh, publicly on these websites as well. So uh, really the audience needs to uh, go and look at these different things that we talked about on the website. The, this is for fund managers, Stephen, though, right? These are not entrepreneurs. You cannot get a, an investment into, directly into your company. This is about a fund manager. It's about the capital provider layer in our ecosystem. Right. This is for the venture capitalists that uh, potentially want to get uh, work uh, through these programs or private equity people or people who have a right. bunch of funds and so on. Um, one sort of um, lasting question, which is about uh, and Fellow. We only have a few minutes left, so if you could just quickly describe what that is. And then one final question is your final recommendation to the audience. So you have about two minutes. <laughs> yeah. So listen, Kaufman Fellows Program is is a, um, a highly desirable uh, global program for investors. Uh, it started in the U.S. and it was really a, an accelerated apprenticeship. So so fairly junior folk would come into the program to um, learn about venture capital and, and really learn about the importance of the entrepreneur and why the entrepreneur is focal to a successful venture capitalist. Um, it ex expanded into a global program because the need for this kind of connectivity of capital 
was recognized globally and and um, it ended up attracting leaders across the world. So instead of it being more of an apprenticeship program within an existing well-established firm in the US, it's now about connecting uh, investment leaders in emerging markets across the globe. So so if 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 you have people from Canada talking to people from Singapore and understanding that the industries are going through very parallel evolutions, that is pretty powerful. It also allows you to really understand not just best practices, but best for your stage of growth and experience practices. So you're learning from colleagues and peers in a very safe, candid environment about what it is they're doing. Uh, the amount of capital raised by fellows um, is, you know, several hundred billion dollars. The uh, performance of fellows when you when when the Coffin Fellows actually do it, uh, uh, fellows funds outperform the market, and this can be attributed to the the the, the network that's being created, the learnings that take place, and not just from outside external speakers, but the peer-to-peer -peer learning. I graduated uh, several years ago, and I can tell you that our class is constantly, if not daily, certainly weekly, speaking to one another about um, questions that we face that people in our immediate environment may not have answers to. So it's, it, you know, I, you should see what happened when the Silicon Valley Bank uh, failed. There was quite a, 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 a lot of community uh, conversation going on. So it's hundreds of, of uh, it's about 600 um, fellows that exist across the globe. Um, many who've gone on to find their own firms, to found their own firms, many who are uh, part and parcel of well-established firms. I could, I could send an, a text today and say, what is the typical carry for a five-time fund manager? And carry is the amount that the fund manager would get, right? If they're successful, and I will get. The, the scope and the breadth of answers that my that my peers will uh, would provide me with. So very effective. We've created GP Academy in that light, and it's we see the impact already. And BDC supports Canadian investors who were offered um, participation in uh, the Coffin Fellows program with partial scholarships. So we're we're very committed to the growth and maturation of Canadian investors. Ela, thank you for coming in again, and you shared so many valuable insights to our audience. Great recommendations at the end as well, in terms of audience engagements and way they can get incentivized and get involved, especially at that fund of funds or fund manager level. Uh, thank you again. I really enjoyed our session today. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate having had the opportunity to show your audience what it is we're doing in Canada, and I think the world could be watching. Well, you're definitely a guru and uh, really a mentor for all of us, Ela, so thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You videocast and podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. 
do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.